Hello everyone and welcome to this instalment of Technically Minded, the second instalment uh, for April. Um, this is a podcast brought to you by uh, Cradera, uh, specifically Cradera UK. And as always, we, heap, we hope, I should say, all of our listeners are keeping safe and well. Um, there is hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and hopefully we can all get back to a little bit more normality soon. Um, for those of you that haven't listened to Technically Minded before, um, it's a podcast which represents an opportunity for us as colleagues within Credera um, to get together and discuss business and technical problems um, that we are seeing on, on a daily basis uh, and bring you into that conversation um, as we feel like some of these uh, conversations that we have um, crossing the virtual corridors um, might be helpful or interesting to some of our network. Um, I am your host for the session today, Kyle Taylor, uh, Managing Consultant at Credera um, and also part of our data practice. Um, and today I'm joined by uh, three of my colleagues. Uh, firstly, Adam Armitage, who is also a management consultant at the, or managing consultant, I should say, at Credera. And uh, another member of our data practice, Adam, how are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thanks. Good to have you here today. Um, I'm joined again by Mo Syed, um, our data strategy and management practice lead. Mo, how are you doing? Hello. Glad to be here again. 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 <laughs> um, and finally, um, another regular that we have on the podcast, uh, Chris Hill has joined us once again, who uh, is principal at the firm and also our A3D practice lead. Uh, A3D, um, as is a relatively new concept, is agile agility and adaptive delivery. Chris, how's it going? Great, thanks, Kyle. Well remembered as to what uh, A3D means, and uh, yeah, pleased to be back. I feel like I've been away too long, so excited to be returning. Thanks, um, and thank you. I mean, I must have practiced that about 15 times before coming on the call to make sure that I got it right for you. Um, the topic today, guys, is uh, agile data governance, um, and it's quite an interest, interesting one, really. Um, the reason for that is uh, data governance specifically, and I'll open this to you guys in a second, um, is, is maybe not seen as the uh, sexiest of topics, for want of a better word, um, but it is one of the most important factors in getting any data program right. Um, and it's been interesting to hear some of the sort of new thinking around where data governance is going. and. Um, you know, how we can apply some of the principles of agility to it to um, really support and help some of these sort of more modern principles around um, data management and um, data programs that we're delivering right now. Uh, so without further ado, um, Adam, I'm going to uh, give you the floor to kick this off. Uh, but what does data governance mean to you? Cool. Um, so to me, Data governance is ultimately the creation and deployment um, of, of frameworks uh, to ensure that data is managed effectively and efficiently. Um, you know, why is this important? Well, ultimately, a business wants to understand the data that they have. Um, they want to ensure that they have good quality data um, and also to, to protect the data that they've got. And that's 
ultimately what these frameworks are aiming to achieve. Um, one of the things I feel like I read a statistic today um, that said that there's 1.7 megabits of data being created per second per person in the world. It's growing exponentially or probably beyond exponential at the minute. And it's becoming more and more critical for companies and businesses uh, to really like get a handle over what their data is. Something that I'm sure we've all come across with our clients is that we're finding data is either very uh, siloed and therefore they're not able to optimize it, that it's either being um, uh, not well understood and therefore you're getting lots of like rogue actions going on. So individuals going and finding what data they can get their hands on rather than what is the best practice. So um, you've got this going on, you've got a lot of new data regulations being introduced, such as Basel 2, GDPR, uh, MIFID 2 for, for the banks. And um, and also, ultimately, you've got a lot of new uh, words coming into the, the business lexicon, if you like, like um, analytics, uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, um, in, Internet of Things. Um, so you've got a lot of new buzzwords around data. You've got a lot of new regulations. You've got a lot more data to handle. And this is one of the areas why I feel that there's going to be a lot of change within data governance. Um, just before I hand over to, to Mo to probably add anything, I, I feel, uh, again, there was another quote that I read. Um, I think it's from a philosopher, maybe miles off. Um, but uh, it's a, just because you obey the law uh, doesn't make you a moral person. It just makes you fearful of the law. And I tend to feel that this is what's happened a lot with data governance, that you've had data governance that has tr that has been an auditor of the data previously, and they've not truly um, been in place of ensuring that that data is used effectively. They've, as I said, just audited it. And this is why this change now needs to occur because we, we've got so much data, we've got all these new terms, we've got all these new technologies coming in. So therefore data needs to move out of its ivory tower, sorry, governance needs to move out of its ivory tower and be in place. And that's what I think we're going to talk about, or I hope we're going to talk about with agile data governance. And um, Mo, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that. No, I think you've summarized it re really well, actually. And, and I think your, your last point about it, it really is like re-examining the basic question of why data governance exists, um, because it's not no longer just a conversation focused on controls, but very much about access and agility and, and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I, really interesting to hear you both talk, because me coming at this from much more of an agile mindset, it really rings true, if you like, of some of the digital security issues that uh, have been around in the agile world for a while. And actually, how high can you build your digital security perimeter um, becomes a blocker, actually, for the ability to use the native technologies that might be available to you should you have a lower security perimeter you know, around cloud, I'm thinking there. But to hear you talk about, you know, the data governance um, as uh, an auditor, it's actually how can we turn data governance into the enabler? As in, what what, what is, you know, data is such a valuable commodity to any enterprise organisation now and unlocking the value from that data uh, 
you know, drives can can lead to significant uh, uplifts in revenues. That's it's really important that, you know, having the right controls. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that uh, we can turn this into the Wild West um, because, uh, you know, we still need sensible controls over data. After all, governance is about making sure it's available, it's usable, it's integrity, it's 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 got its integrity and it, at the right point that it's secure as well. But it's it's applying that in a sensible uh, way. So, yeah, that's that's where I would sort of bring in the agile side of that. Yeah, and, and I guess just just building on that then, Chris, I mean, if, if we talk about like the historical role of governance and, and the stuff you mentioned about Agile, and we then say, well, let, let's say Agile data governance is about new ways of governing and managing data with much more of like an Agile mindset. Um, what's kind of driving that change? And therefore, what does like Agile data governance then, then look like, right? And I think when I think about like what's driving the change, I think there's there's a few things, right? There's the technology landscape, right? I think in the past, you had a very limited number of technologies, a warehouse, a lake, et cetera. And so you kind of centered your governance in that way. But now you've got a massive plethora of different technologies and those are all being spun up all over the place, right? So anyone in finance with access to GCP can go and find somewhere and start using it, right? So you've got this massive, you know, uh, much more dynamic technology landscape. The second thing is I think you've also got a big change in ownership. So historically, data and what people did with data was sort of like the BI guys or the IT guys. And now the ownership of these really complex solutions is kind of out in the business. So you've got to find a way of governing things out in the business rather than governing things from your little sort of fee for them. And then I think the other thing is um, agile delivery. And I think you touched on this is things are being delivered in a much more continuous way rather than sort of, you know, this is the five-year solution. It's really about, you know, constant agile teams being spun up all over the place. And the things that they're building are really complex stuff, right? So they're building AI and ML solutions that are never really kind of 100%. They're always like 80% and you're always kind of refining them. So I think I think that those for me are like some of the big kind of drivers that I see that makes me think that actually the typical way of doing governance, and I, I don't know, Adam, whether you just want to affirm or disagree with any of this um the typical ways of doing governance are kind of kind of inadequate in that environment yeah there was something that i just wanted to two two things actually i wanted to pick up on the first one was around technology and the second one was um like data projects and, and i guess change projects as well versus bau um the first i just wanted to touch on, you, you're absolutely right that we've had such a massive change of technology landscape and what what I think we've seen as Credera is a number of um, new, uh, a lot of organizations that are moving into the cloud, exactly as you just said, Mo. And with that, that brings a lot of opportunity to, to bring data out of the silos onto a single playing field, and you need something to, to manage that information. There's another thing around technology as well, which is around data management tools as well. So in my experience, a lot of organizations have seen technology uh, such as um, Calibra, Informatica, a lot of open source technology as well, as like silver bullet solutions for, um, for data governance. So for example, you buy one of these tools which has data catalogs um, as an example, and you bring that into the organization and therefore you have good data governance but it's limited. And, and I think something that we'll come on to talk about a little bit later is how do you 
go past that limitation? How do you bring people or put um, essentially the data producers and the data consumers into the heart of the data governance model? So we'll pop a pin in that. I'm sure we'll come back to that. It's a really interesting topic. And then um, the other area that I just want to touch upon is within um, data, you you have these big like change projects and actually lots of small data projects that are ongoing. And how do you establish um, a data governance or an agile data governance that applies or has the scalability to apply to a change project so you don't have to overhaul um, continually by every single new standard and, and policy? And also that gives you the flexibility to be able to come on to that in a BAU format. And again, I think as we go through the principles, this will be something that we'll touch upon in a bit more detail. Yes, uh, I'm sort of nodding my head a lot at all of this uh, conversation. You know, I think I think one of the things that you've classically seen as organisations adopt, uh, well, certainly as they move applications into the cloud, is they try and apply the same processes and tools and ways of working that worked in their data centers uh, and that's not the way that uh, they get real benefit from you know cloud adoption i see similar things around data governance just taking your existing data governance processes and controls and applying applying those into uh, the, the 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 newer ways of working is is actually going to trip you up more than it enables you you know we're in a world now where we're wanting teams to be empowered and actually you you should be trusting your teams as you know governance you need to provide that framework but you need to change yourself from jailers where you're just throwing people in jail throwing away the keys to be much more police policing it so that you set the framework you trust and empower the teams uh, to abide by those rules um, but you you have the ability and you should be building tools and automating things that allow you to go and check that the, the, the rules are being played by um, I think the other thing that you know jumps out at me was Mo, your point around. I scribbled down as you were talking actually pools of complexity, because what we're seeing is that you know as as the data and the richness of data that's available increases, um, you know the number of teams that are sort of managing their own complex data sets increases. So you've got an ever ever increasing pools of complexity. That is something that definitely needs to be governed. Uh, just so that you know what's where, but also so that you're not recreating the wheel in multiple different places. Because a client I'm working with at the moment, you know, they've got multiple, multiple uh, images of data, and if you if you're not careful, you've got either the same teams doing the same thing twice, or you're you're introducing confusion in the data sets. It's really interesting to. Um here guys uh, uh, you know kind of everybody's view on on what governance is i think one of the key things to to eke out here is really we've all touched on what the historic limitations of data governance um is or are not sure what is what is the best word to to fit in there um but you know mo you talked about technology for example um we've talked about those principles and ideas of um as you 
put it very aptly, Chris, uh, sort of governance being seen as, or those running governance being seen as jailers to kind of operate um, the way people are um, working with data. Um, that has very much been, uh, I guess, the case in the past where, you know, we've we've not had the protections necessary to make sure that data is being used in the right way. You know, there's always that fear of, well, what if somebody gets access to the data and then corrupts it or um, whatever else? Uh, you know, we're kind of moving into a state now where um, those uh, sort of typical ideas are being challenged. Let's use, um, you know, data mesh as, as an example of a recent development. Um, the whole principle behind data mesh, which, you know, represents massive opportunity for some organisations in terms of um, really getting the most out of your data and creating centres for innovation and all of these kinds of things that people are trying to strive for. Um, it, it's all you know, hugely dependent on that principle of flexibility. And I guess that's where um, Agile comes into it. So I'm going to steer the conversation now to, to that point, which is the next talking point for us. Um, Agile is, is you know, to a degree what it says on the tin. Um, it's what it's famed for. But Chris, I just want to kind of come to you first and really eke out what kind of do you see as the key principles of Agile, which if applied to data governance could really take things forward? Yeah, I, I, I think I would start my answer by uh, something I said earlier. This isn't about creating the Wild West. This is about uh, maintaining the appropriate control over, you know, potentially the biggest asset a particular organization enterprise may have after its people. So, you know, it's it, it's it's being applying the right level of control. Um, you know, Agile, as you rightly pointed out, it's about flexibility. Uh, we could have a whole podcast on it not being about speed, but that might be for another day. Um, but, but, it's, but it's about enabling enterprises to understand uh, the, you know, try something, test something, but then have the flexibility to modify that approach if it doesn't work. And I think actually it can, you know, another big part of Agile is actually, you know, prioritizing. So we'll, you know, in, in a world where we're resource constrained, whether that be people, um, you know, time, money, um, it's about prioritizing. And, you know, Agile at its heart is about prioritizing the, the best outputs that you can create for your customers. So this then ties into the, you know, if you can use actually that prioritization to help you define your governance approach. You know, if you start off with data sets that are, uh, you know, need less security or uh, less availability or some of the sort of the, the more open data sets, you can actually start building out your data governance model by using those data sets. Then as you start introducing more data sets over time, you can start building up the governance framework alongside that that growing change, growing need, growing uh, use 
of your data. Now that's a luxury, not you know some easier for newer green greenfield uh, initiatives to to take that approach. But it's definitely one that should be considered even in large scale enterprises because if you go, if you take the approach, you're going to build up all those governance layers from day one, you immediately lose the flexibility over time to course correct and change direction. And actually using using what it using the data to help you define your your data governance, your approach to governance is is a really useful mechanism that I've seen uh, work well in enterprises. Mo, I think uh, Mo, have you got something to add? Oh, sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's <laughs> I, I was really excited. You said something about using the data to drive the governance. And, and that's a really, that's very interesting because typically it's been people in the abstract defining how governance should be done because they're kind of the SMEs. And they, they may well be, you know, people like myself and Adam may well be SMEs in how data should work in the abstract. But we're not, we're not necessarily business specialists. And actually, I think, to build on your point, a big part of our governance is to say, actually, you, the policies are continuous because you don't know if the policies and frameworks are good until you start using them, right? So you've got to drive the governance approach out of the business and it's going to be much more more circular. Yeah, and, and to add to that, so how should an organization go about and, and, and achieve that? Um, and it comes back to a point that I was making earlier, which is you need to put people, you need to put individuals at the heart of the data governance process. Um, so to, to put some terminology behind it, if we have uh, data consumers, individuals um, from the business side that consume the data, data producers, individuals within the business that produce data, um, then it, it's down to how these guys or, or these individuals um, tend what they want to achieve from their data and, and how do they play that information back to data governance so they can understand it. Well, data governance needs to introduce uh, new business centric roles. And, and I've seen these starting to be deployed in a number of organizations. So roles such as data steward, uh, data product manager um, and data domain experts. So to most point, those data domain experts are the individuals that will understand um, let me think off the top of my head, maybe specialists in customer data. So you, you're moving out of the silos where data was typically held within data warehouses and you had an IT owner for that data warehouse. You're now starting to move it out of the um, uh, vertical and into the horizontal. So you're looking at all customer data across the organization. You're looking at all the finance data across the organization. Um, and then Within that, you've got data stewards that are, into, that are talking to the data consumers, to the data producers as well, and feeding that information back to um, to data governance and through forums and through councils to make sure that it really is understood what what the business needs, what the business expects, and how to keep those, as I said before, those policies, standards, uh, and procedures flexible enough um, and scalable enough to meet the demands of the business. 
Yeah, that's 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 really a great point, Adam. Because actually, if you think if we if we go back to you know how you structure agile teams, you need all the expertise. It's a multi-skilled team. You need all the expertise within that team to deliver the customer-facing value that you're looking to release. So putting in uh, you know data specialists who have uh, a leaning towards governance. Uh, you know the t-shaped individuals they've got deep deep expertise in their data insight but actually they've got a breadth of understanding around the governance they're empowered within those teams to use the data within the structures that they're permitted within that the governance allows but on the flip side of that they're then empowered to go up to the governance council forum whatever central body and ask for blessing or an exception or a way to allow the team to move on is a really is is at the heart of how i would envisage uh, governance data governance working in an agile world yeah. well, i don't know, I think you've got something to add yeah I mean, I guess just to build on that, it's, if I think about how, like, traditionally, when people talk about the governance problem, it's data and IT's problem, right? It's the, the, the problem of data governance is kind of it's either IT's problem because the data sits in the IT or it's the problem of the data management team. And neither of those teams are business focused teams. So because the problem is delegated to them, they sort of interpret how to solve it in a way that's kind of interpreted by them the way that's easiest for them and against the sort of metrics that kind of matter to them, if you like. And and so for them, the easiest way is to centralize the data, because if you centralize it, well, then I, as the data management team, can make sure that it's in compliance with X, Y, Z. Similarly, I'm not responsible for driving business metric, I but I will have a massive consequence from data breaches. So the whole mode of governance to me then becomes about centralization, hierarchy, standardization, and about preventing risks from happening rather than sort of value. And actually, if you, if you take it away from that, and that's probably the big cultural change reflecting your point about different disciplines coming together on the same team. Governance has to become much more of a collaborative effort. And therefore, it's not just interpreted as a data and IT problem. It's very much a business problem. So just, just kind of building on that, I guess. Yeah. So I think we're uh, very much moving towards the, uh, the crux of this um, podcast, which is uh, what is agile data governance, really? Um, so just to, uh, I know you guys were in full flow there, but I think that's where we're going to. So just for the uh, the sake of the listeners, um, you know, what do we see as agile data governance? I mean, the key thing here really is we're not saying um, <laughs> not to govern. What we are saying is let's increase the amount of um involvement across the business and increase the amount of flexibility and let go of some of the historical rigidity that's been there. Um, but Adam, I know you're keen to uh, jump in on that. So fire away. Bursting at the seams. Um, yeah, absolutely. So for me, the conversation that we've been having is absolutely spot on. Like, I don't disagree with anything that we've said that data governance is is really due a rebrand because it needs to move out of that ivory tower, as I mentioned at the start, and it needs to start really like talking to the business. And we've talked a lot around individuals and different groups, and we've introduced some new terminology as well. Um, one of the other aspects of this that I would uh, stress is I'd go back to the technology side. So while you're understanding the people and having the conversations, you need to be capturing the right metadata to really enhance 
I mentioned before about technology being used as a silver bullet, so tools like Calibra and Informatica, and they are still very, very important. I didn't want to sound dismissive earlier when I said that because they're still very, very important because what they enable the data consumers and the data producers to do is to have a non-human touch point to go into the organization to understand the data lineage, to understand um, what type of data the organization has, um, to understand where's the best quality. So who do I need to go speak to? Who owns that data as well? And, and I feel that that is the ultimate grasp of, of agile data governance is bringing communication down from, um, to, you know, from, from away from the problem and bringing it back to the, the individuals who need those answers quickly, hence introducing these new roles, hence introducing um, the, the tools like um, the data management tools in order to allow the consumers and the producers to, to move forward. Um, the, the other thing that I would just add um, to that as well is something I just mentioned around who owns the data. This is a personal view of mine and people may disagree with me, but I feel that, that the ownership of data needs to go back to the business. If it's them that are ultimately benefiting from having the analytics, from having the insights and the decision-making abilities that are being created uh, from data, um, the ownership should be with the business and it will help them communicate through the data stewards and through the data domain experts to understand how best to, to manage that data effectively and efficiently. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess just to, if the question fundamentally is, what does agile data governance mean? I think there's, I think in my head, there's three things, right? There, first is the agile point that I think Chris really spoke about. So it's, it's you, you know, you've probably all seen like the consulting pyramid, right? Where you have the strategy at the top and then you write some policies. You've got to kind of move to a circle, which says instead of your team forming the governance approach and going and enforcing it, actually pick a few business initiatives and adopt that sort of agile Kanban mindset of actually are these policies still relevant? So thinking of governance not as one thing that gets defined and cascaded, but something that actually grows out of the business. And I think the second thing, I think Adam touched on this, is communities, right? So rather than the function of data management cascading everything out, it's really about setting up communities across the projects and business domains to constantly harvest up whether the approaches to governance are better and needs to improve. And then I guess the third thing is, is how you measure value, right? Because this has always been really tricky with governance is, is how do you measure the value of, of data governance? And I think if you look at things like scaled agile and DevOps, and the whole thing around lean portfolio management. It's about measuring value based on the package of value that gets delivered to the business, right? So the, the way you measure governance is about, well, how easy is it for businesses to use data, right? How many new products and analytical solutions have they launched and that sort of thing. So I think for me, it's kind of like, you know, agile methods and mindset, focus on building communities, not functions, and then measuring value based on demonstrable business value, not sort of meeting your, your program targets, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with all of those, Mo, and probably, you know, I, I think, you know, the way that Agile, in my mind, uh, enables the data governance world is that actually, you know, one of, one of the things in an Agile world you're trying to do is push decision taking to the lowest level to effectively to the people who have have the capability the insight the depth of understanding to take to take those decisions 
So if you've got data specialists who understand the governance, data governance models within your teams, they are then capable of taking those decisions within the team context. Um, that, that then can also, you know, they're then feeding that information back up to uh, the central data governance world. You've got a continuously improving set of information that's held centrally. Uh, you know, and then if you want to extend that even further, you know, you, if you're trying to automate away variation, you know, if, if you are providing as a data governance service, you know, uh, almost like it back in the old day where you had Intel inside, you know, it's uh, data governance approved data sets that have got the benefit of the continuously improving ways of working, automated pools, uh, centralization, um, you know, and rigor around access, you've actually got something that is creating a ever-increasing, ever-improving product that's available for the whole enterprise to use. So that, for me, is where really, if you can get your data governance uh, humming along like that, you will be uh, in, in, a, in an amazing place. There was one thing I wanted to pick up on where, where you said pushing decisions down to the people who know it. And I, I think that's really powerful because the truth is, if you look at technology solutions and, and the way things are being built now, it's not about, you know, the engineers do this, the scientists do this and these guys do that. It's about getting all that technical resource under a person who knows how the whole thing is supposed to work and what it's supposed to amount to. And actually reflecting the fact that governance should be done in exactly that way. Yeah, so I think I think I think that that part of agile is actually really important. Yeah, the, and and another thing that um, I think Mary you mentioned is community. I think it's it's such an important word in in all of this, which is going back to your value question. How how do you get the value out of data governance? Well, data governance ultimately is an enabler for downstream activities, as we've already mentioned around like analytics, machine learning, et cetera, et cetera, having your data to such good quality that it can be used effectively. Um, and, and, and in order to do that, the organization needs to understand that it is one community that is acting towards one goal. Um, and, and therefore, it shouldn't be uh, have that team mentality with that closed off blinkers on. They should be looking across the organization. I'm conscious that we are coming to um, time on this one. Um, thanks, chaps. I think something, Mo, you simplified it um, significantly by saying, you know, we should treat everything as a circle or a cycle, basically. And I think that's that's actually a really powerful um, uh, analogy, albeit a simple one. You know, everything we've talked about here, guys, has been, you know, let's create a community back to the point of a circle. Let's talk about continuous improvement when we refer to governance back to the point of a circle, um, you know, so on and so forth. And and that, uh, I guess, that's the crux of this really is, is breaking down those historical um, barriers, fences, whatever terminology you want to use to start thinking about how can we um, really look to improve this over time, apply flexibility and that will allow people to keep up with the various technological developments that are going on in the space of data. Um, as I say though, we are at time on this one. So what I would like to just um, quickly go around the table um, with you guys on is what is the one 
thing you would advise our listeners to do today? Um, Chris, I'm going to start with you, if that's OK. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I I think for me, it's uh, start small and scale. I mean, pick pick a small piece where you can test some of this experiment, uh, get it working in a small, small part of the enterprise and look at uh, how you could then scale that. That would be it for me. Adam? Um, just one thing, that's tricky. Um, I would say definitely recognize that, that technology is important, as I've mentioned around like data management tools and having the metadata captured to understand, but, but recognize that, that organizations need to go beyond that and start looking at having the right people in the right roles to communicate with the data consumers and the data producers. Mo? Um, I think I think for me, and I think we touched on this, that um, if, if you go and ask business people what governance is, they'll tell you it's risk, right? Because they're always being told what they can't do. If you ask them what they'd like it to be, they'll tell you they'd like it to be about value, right? So the, the, the business is kind of already there. They want it to be about what we think we what it should be. Um, and they're not very happy about the fact that it is about risk, right? So I guess my advice would be to start by asking the business what they would like governance to be and feel like, and then start from there, right? And not assume that the traditional assumptions are the right way of doing things. Thanks, chaps. Um, as always, a huge thank you to you um, for giving up the time. Um, and um, of course, to our listeners who have stayed with us today. Um, if any of this has been interesting, to anybody that is potentially listening to this. Uh, you can always get in touch with us at credero.co.uk um, on our contact us page, um, or you can leave us a message directly uh, via the podcast. Um, you know, if it is for one of our speakers as individuals, we'll make sure that, um, you know, we link that up and, and put you in touch. Um, but even if it is just a general question, we're always happy to um, uh, have a conversation and provide a response. Um, Otherwise, uh, please keep your eyes and ears peeled for um, our next episode, which will be coming out in mid-May. Um, and all that's left to say really is, um, chaps, a huge thank you again, and thanks for listening. Cheers, everybody.